Howdy and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we have fun talking all things hunting and in the process do our best to support small and family-owned businesses in the hunting space. Here are your hosts and resident bandits, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Howdy folks and welcome back to another episode of the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, Jimmy here along with my always intrepid colleague, uh, Richard. How you doing, sir? Outstanding, sir. Outstanding. Good to good to be here for another one of these episodes. Yes, absolutely, and great. Uh, you know, well, today we are absolutely honored to have with us a what I consider a true gear innovator in the hunting space, and that is a uh, Jamie Bolger, uh, president and CEO of Hunter's Edge, uh, which has been manufacturing hunting scents and accessories since 1987 to help you outwit the game you hunt. Uh, welcome, Jamie, and thanks for joining us on the Feed Bandit Podcast. Hey, guys. I'm um, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on the podcast tonight. All right. Great. Uh, so just to start off, your website, uh, reading on it, and uh, it says you've developed so far uh, 47 different products in the sense calls and decoy lines. That's quite amazing. Um, <laughs> uh what uh, what what can you tell us about uh, you know just your company? Uh, I guess what I'd like to start out with is really your kind of what we call like your origin story. I mean, how did you get started back in 1987, and what compelled you to start your company? Well, you know, I guess the that necessity they always say is the mother of invention, and you know, early in those days, I mean, I'm gonna tell tell you my age. I was born in 1960, so I'm 58, almost 59 years old. So been doing this for quite a while i've been in the industry for you know i guess 30 31 years now so it's been a, a great run you know i've seen a lot of companies come and go and you know we've been very blessed to be able to hang in there but you know i guess it all started you know when i was a young man um and i would say i was probably around 19 years old and you know we were doing a lot of bow hunting and you know, we just kept getting deer blowing at us. I mean, any time you get a swirling wind or the deer were downwind of you, they get your scent. Back then, we didn't have odor elimination products or really any type of cover scent products. We we didn't know anything about that. But uh, probably the first Cabela's magazines that began to come out with their little catalogs uh, selling products, and I began to see some apple scent and skunk scent and you know, urine-based scents, but that wasn't anything I wanted to put, you know, on my boots or on my clothing or on my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I began to look around to see what was natural in South Alabama where I grew up in a little community called Red Oak, Alabama. It's halfway between Andalusia and Florella, Alabama. And, you know, we had pine trees. That's what the deer was smelling was pine scent. So I began, you know, looking for something that would give me that type of smell and I was able to begin to slowly put some product together to mimic that smell, and and it began to work for me. Oh, okay, interesting. And that, that uh, I guess, led to your first product. That's the uh, BA Tree Pine Cover Scent, right? It is. It was the BA Tree Pine Cover Scent was the number one first product in 1987. So you know, it took oh, wow. me a while, you know, to formulate that product. I mean, I hunted many many years and kept watching the market and just continued to see a few products come out on the marketplace and i just convinced myself that I, you know if those guys could do it i could do it and 
you know, long story short, I, I went out in 1987 on the road uh, with a few bottles and came back with 56 uh, case order of 12 pack of, of each one. And I knew I had some. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, when I came back and the dealer stores, you know, were very receptive to having a pine cover scent. But, you know, I'm only one product, and it, it, uh, back then, you know, you could kind of do that and get launched, you know, with one, a one product line. It's real hard to do that today, but, um, we began to build on that, and, uh, it wasn't long before we came out with the oak cover scent, and, um, then it just smelled of, of a, a sweet acorn smell, and, and, uh, as they say, you know, you, you know, just keeps going from there, and, and people just kept buying our products, and I was very fortunate to land uh, in Walmart in 1988 with those two products, and I have been in there ever since. And right now we're servicing um, probably close to, um, this coming year in 2019. We'll be close to 2,000 stores that we service, in, you know, with them. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. Wow. That so, is absolutely fa- fascinating, Jamie. What, what, what is what is your number one selling cover scent? You know, pine for a very, very long time was the number one cover scent, but we are really seeing uh, the three uh, scents that we have, which is pine, oak, and earth. Pine doesn't really lead that category anymore. It it still may be. Um, right there on top and what i mean it doesn't lead it if you if you add the earth and the oak together then the pine would be you know one of the minimal products that we sell now but um it's just been amazing to see those three products just basically you know come out and work one-on-one with each other and i know that the reason behind that is that you know people hunt in a lot of varied conditions and we're also selling products you know, across the nation instead of in the southeast. When we were only, you know, selling to Walmart and diesel stores in the southeast, the pine cover scent was the number one scent. But when you start opening up the Midwest and you start opening up, um, you know, western um, areas out there um, across the Mississippi, they do a lot of dirt scent there. And so it's just regionalized a lot more now that we still have the customers that religiously use the pine cover scent. Mm-hmm. And then we've opened up those other areas for the other two scents as far as the earth and the uh, oak, what we call the oak cover scent, which is the acorn flavored. Okay. Yeah, I can see here. So Richard and I are hunting Texas and, <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies have been killing me. So <laughs> pardon me, but uh, I can see using that pine uh, maybe really a lot in East Texas and then maybe that oak yes. in Central Texas and the Hill Country and that kind of area. Is that kind of what you, how you see yourselves absolutely i mean yeah. i've been very fortunate to hunt, hunt a lot of texas myself and you're, and you're right you got the piney woods of east texas and we sell a lot of the pine scent there and then it kind of begins to break up and to be honest with you um, the way that texas hunts with their senderos and a lot of their um you know big blinds that, that they're totally enclosed so they don't have to worry too much about you know some type of human scent getting out of there um for a long time they weren't into cover scent usage, but we're seeing more and more people change now and go to that, especially, you know, since there's a lot more people bow hunting than there uh, ever was before. And, you know, you got to get out of those enclosed blinds to do that most of the time. Um, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of people that do a lot of ground blind hunting and have a lot of success with it. But 
in our opinion, you know, the first thing that you have to do, and, and I remember back when I first started in this industry, you may not know this, but I worked um, in Bruton, Alabama. I was hired as the national sales manager for a company called Eddie Salter Calls, if you know who Eddie Salter is. Uh, Richard, do you, you might have heard? Yeah, I am. I, I am familiar. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a world champion turkey caller back in the um, mid-'80s and late-'80s. Right. Um, him and a guy by the name of Ben Lee are, are really the pioneers of, of turkey calling. Right. And they've yeah. won so many state and, that, and uh, world championships back in, in the late-'80s there. And so I went to work for him, and, and uh, that's kind of how I began my career and started out learning how you know to operate in this industry and learning the ropes with the dealers and the box stores and obviously Walmart back then in 1988 was a lot smaller than they are now. I mean, you know, they've got, I think over 5,000 stores now, but, um, again, very fortunate enough to to be able to land my products there, um, and get them started. And of course still continue to sell into the dealer stores. And now of course with the internet, you know, it's everywhere. Right. So you do. So you have a sales background. Do you have a some sort of chemistry background, or how did you start actually formulating the initial pine scent? I'm just curious uh, how well, you went about you know, doing that. It was uh, very interesting. I, um, if you'll even read on my label, I've got a product in there that's uh, turpentine, mm. and you know you can't you can buy that product here in the U.S. anymore. Back when I did it in the '80s, there was a company out of Baxley, Georgia, that was the last. Uh, manufacturer that would, you know, take pine trees and, and pull the sap out of them and generate the turpentine product that I, is part of the pine cover scent. I, um, you know, mix some other stuff with it that's proprietary. I can't, you know, tell mm-hmm. everybody my secrets here. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, don't give up the secret that's sauce. Where, that's where it all began. <laughs> so I started out with, with that turpentine smell and just, you know, was able to mix some other stuff with it that, that would not harm your clothing or harm your, you know, your body. So um, that ended up being the first product. And no, I'm not a chemist, but I was able to be blessed to be able to pull some product together and, and make that work. And even on the oak cover scent, we began to play with, with some scents that um, that we liked, and we were able to formulate that one. Now, the earth scent, I did reach out to a, a buddy of mine who I graduated high school with who is a chemist. Mm-hmm. And he was also in the deer hunting industry. And, um, you know, he was able to formulate a really, really nice um, earth cover scent that I use on a dirt scent that we use. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I use all three of them all the time. It's just based on where I'm hunting. And, right. and that's why we're so successful in that cover scent market is because with those three scents, you've pretty much got everything covered throughout the United States. Right. Would you use the earth scent, like, uh, particularly if you're, like, in a ground blind? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Or? Well, again, it, it's, a, it's according earth. to where you're hunting. If you're anywhere okay. around, there's fresh earth, like fields, especially mm, okay. in the Midwest. I like to use it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use it very much in the south down here unless I'm hunting in a really uh, dense bottom that's got a lot of um, – leaves and foliage and stuff like that that's deteriorating in like a slough or a boggy area 
because if you walk in that area and you smell, you can smell that decomposing, you know, leaves and limbs and stuff like that just just by the dampness of the the soil that's in that area. So I do like to use the earth scent in there because it's a natural smell to the deer that are in there. And then if I'm going to come out, you know, somewhere into a pine thicket, you know, I, again, I like to use the pine scent. And that doesn't mean that you can't put, you know, dirt scent on your body and go up and hunt in a pine thicket. I mean, I just, because we have it available, I just try to use, you know, the scent in the area that I'm hunting. If I'm going up in the Midwest, I'm usually using the acorn scent because they have a, a lot of white oaks and different flavored acorns up there that are just, you know, um, heavily, heavily. Uh, producing trees that are always falling some type of acorn up there. But most of them are white oak with that sweet smell, and that's why the oak cover scent has that smell to it. Okay. Can you talk about uh, why it's, <clears throat> excuse me, actually important to cover up your scent? I mean, as far as, like, how bad humans actually, I guess, smell to the animal. Um, like, why why do you want to do that? I mean, other than being, you know, downwind from an animal or upwind from an animal, you know, like, uh, can you walk through that and just give people an idea of why that's important? Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember I evolved out of, out of an era that, um, we didn't have anything called odor elimination products. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first guy that walked in our office in Bruton, Alabama, when I worked with Eddie Salter, um, that had one of the first products ever developed. Uh, I think Hunter Specialties will tell you they're the first company to do it, but they are not the first company. This particular guy, um, it was called Burnt Corn, was the name of his company. And he was out of a little old bitty town. I can't think of the name of it now in South Alabama there. And he was really the first guy that ever came up, in, in my opinion, that I remember, with an odor elimination product. And even then, we didn't jump on it as a company. We we just kind of stayed with the cover sense because nobody really knew anything about it. And we all had to be educated about molecular, you know, buildup of a composition of, of the human anatomy mm-hmm. to show how body odor, you, you know, takes place within us. And it don't take you long to find out if you don't put any, you know, underarm deodorant on and you're working. Well, right. after a while, <laughs> you can begin to smell yourself or smell your buddy working beside you. So, you know, it is a chemical process that takes place within our body, and, you know, deer smell that. And I don't know what the parts per million that they claim that a deer smells more than us, but, you know, most everybody will tell you that a deer smells a 100 times, you know, better than what we do. Mm. So that's why it is so important um, because in in a wild animal sense, I mean, that's a part of their survival technique is their noses not only is it their eyes but um it's probably their noses help them more than anything and that's why you get deer that that um you know try to keep the wind in their face whenever they're coming into um into food plots or out in the open areas or even just you know feeding through the woods you'll you'll find especially you know the bigger deer the more mature bucks and everything they're going to put the the wind in their favor so they can smell if there's any danger so it's so it's so important to do that, and you know we realize that with the cover scent, and the way the cover scent worked to begin with, and still does, it just works better when you when you use it in connection with the odor elimination product. But just take for example like this: if if that 
you know, you're in the woods and, and a deer smells you and he gets a good whiff of you, he knows that that is danger and he's going to bolt and blow and, and get out of there. Well, the cover scents help reduce that, you know, that amount of scent that's getting in the air as far as human scent. So it it makes it go down into trace levels is what we say on our bottles and everything. So it basically, that deer still smells you, but he thinks you're 100 or 200 yards away. Mm. In reality, because you've covered your scent up and masked your scent, maybe you're only 30 yards from him. So he's triggered, and he knows that there is danger within that human smell, but it's not enough to really make him run. He He's aware you're there, but it's not it's not at the parts per million that's going to make him bolt. Well, that's the beauty of it in, in using a cover scent. And then when we begin mixing that with odor elimination products that not only we can remove human scent off our bodies and have elements in there like the silver that we use in our other nation products at Hunter's Edge continues to, to break that bacteria, uh, bacteria down and doesn't allow it to become a gas that creates the smell, the, you know, the odor. So that continues to help you. And then, of course, you wash your clothes in it. You spray everything down like your gloves, your camouflage clothing, your hat. You know, anywhere that you've got heat rising from your body, you want to, you know, pay special and close attention to those areas with the odor elimination product or a cover scent product. So early on, as we began to use these odor elimination products, we we found out that our cover scents were so much better using them in conjunction with that mm-hmm. because we had destroyed our human scent down mm-hmm. to trace levels. And now we could take that, pine, oak, or earth cover scent smell and continue to reduce the amount of human scent that's going out into the air. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, I was, I was going to say, that that is a real, that is just an outstanding little segment there. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, for especially for a lot of new hunters and, and, and kids and whatnot, I think they can that they can they can really understand that that last that last little segment because you know it it kind of breaks it down you know I think that a lot of hunters think okay well obviously I know I can't be loud you know because if I'm loud a deer is going to spook uh, I know if a deer sees me moving he's going to spook but but I I I think that the science um, and, and really why you know it I, you know a deer's no or you know, most animals you know scent noses are are, are so powerful. I think it's still a bit of a mystery, especially to a lot of young hunters uh, and, and new hunters. And I, I think that's just a, an outstanding uh, little tip there uh, on, on, on the sense and how to use them. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, uh, <clears throat> so we, uh, a lot of people, a lot of our friends and us, we still hunt a lot out of uh, deer blinds. And uh, what I'm gathering here, that is probably a good idea to – Use at least a cover scent, probably both, but at least a cover scent. Even when, even if you're up in a deer blind, but you're still walking to the blind, right? And you and you may be walking through uh, some brush and this type of thing. So where your odor is still going to get out there. Uh, so maybe would you would you agree that's still a good idea? I mean, you know, because like you alluded to, some people sitting in blinds don't think that they need it, but they actually probably still do because the, the windows are open and. Uh, and then, you're, like I said, you're walking to the blinds. Well, you know, I, I, I found out a few years ago 
um, just how much the wind can swirl, you know, when you're up in a tree. Mm-hmm. And it also does it in a ground blind. You know, let's, you got to understand that people that go in early, when when the sun starts coming up, you know, your scent starts rising. And then when it starts rising before long, as the sun keeps coming up, you get wind currents that start beating that scent back around. And a few years ago, um, I took one of my products. I, I have a product called Deer Here that is a supercharged version of our oak cover scent. And, and the reason we say it's supercharged is, I guess it was around 1989, maybe 1990, when we uh, began to use that product real effectively up in the Midwest. And I would spray the oak cover scent on the bottom of my rubber boots. And when I walk, would walk into my deer stand, I would have deer trail me and come all the way into my deer stand and put their nose on the bottom rung. Whoa. I mean, those <laughs> smaller bucks, not, not a monster buck, just small basket rack eight pointers, probably mm. year and a half old deer. But they were so curious to that smell. Um, they'd lick everything that I sprayed it on. So we, we found out through, through many more years of testing that product and changing some formulations that we found out what they were really attracted to. So we developed the new product that we have now. It's been out probably, I guess, about four to five years. It's called Deer Here. And we put it in a trigger sprayer so you can either mist it or trigger spray it. But this particular morning, I I had it on mist because I wanted to see what my, my human scent was doing. And the sunbeams were coming in just perfectly filtered in the woods I was hunting in. And I began to trigger spray the mist. And I could see those molecules going out, you know, at that particular time, it was going to the southeast of me. And it was, they would swirl, they would go up, they would go down. And it was just amazing to see what the sun was and, and the wind was doing as the temperature began to rise, you know, in the morning time. And that's why it's so important, no matter if you're in a ground blind or if you're in the open in a tree stand or ladder stand, you still need to be using some type of odor eliminator or cover scent to mask your, your human scent because it's still getting out there. I mean, it's, it's getting out in the air currents, and you just don't know where it will go once it leaves, say, a ground blind, and then a little gust of wind comes up and who knows, you know, where you where you end up with that human scent. And you certainly don't want it to blow an afternoon hunt where you spent three or four hours in the stand and all of a sudden you get a deer downwind of you blowing at you. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you talk about, I'm just curious about uh, your process of, uh, and you kind of alluded to this, of testing your products. I imagine it'd be, it's a pretty exhaustive and it takes a lot of time and, you know, the, the environment doesn't always work for you or work with you. It's kind of hard for like a controlled test, I guess. But can you kind of talk about how you you go about uh, once you feel you have the formulation or whatnot, how you actually get out there and test it and how much time that takes? Well, unfortunately, it takes a lot of time, especially yeah. for for people like us who want to bring a product out the next year. You know, right. um, when I go into my buyer's meeting, no matter who it's with, you know, the first thing they want to ask you is what's new. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't care that they sold a lot of the product that you put in there last year. It's just that it, it they need something that they can advertise to get people 
coming back year after year. So they're always searching for something new. And we have to be real particular as a company. And I'm probably the world's worst because it's it's still, I still own 100% of this company. And even though I've got my son, my oldest son, Hunter, that the company's named after, um, he works as vice president every day with me. And, and eventually, you know, he'll be the guy running this thing day to day when I decide to, to back that down and get out of working so much. But, you know, it's enjoyable to me to, to build new products and to watch them be used in the marketplace. So just as, as long as I can continue to do that, I want to, because I enjoy that. I enjoy to see individuals have success with the products that we develop. And, yes, it's a painstaking, long, you know, time for some of these products to um, formulate them and get them just right. And then you have to go out, and, and a lot of times I'm the guinea pig. I mean, I'm the guy that may blow a hunt because I'm spraying some type of scent that maybe the deer are not familiar with or they don't like for some reason. So, yeah, I, I've had I've had some, some big mistakes out there where I've, you know, spooked some deer on some scent and maybe used it during the wrong time of the year, especially when it comes to urine-based products that, you got to use them in the, in the right time of the year to make sure that you're, you know, attracting the, the right animal at the right time. But it's painstaking, and and it uh, it's something that we're proud of. Once we do launch a product, you can bet you we put you know hundreds and hundreds of hours in behind making sure that that product is going to be successful in the field. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I think that's a good segue into. Uh, really how we kind of got to know you talking about products uh, where uh, Richard and I both have your Mac daddy caddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, that's a, uh, we, we deployed them uh, and used them this last dove season for the first time. And uh, you could really tell uh, all, all the effort and the thought that went, that you put into, uh, you know, designing it with all, everything that goes into it. Uh, I mean, you agree with me, Richard, right? Oh, I, I, I 100% agree. And I have, again, we, we talked about on the project review, we did about the, the Mac daddy caddy and like we did, we did a, uh, we did a dove hunting podcast about it, but, but yeah, no, you've quite literally thought of everything. Well, okay. There is one thing. (laughs) There is one thing you, you need to put some sort of, uh, homing device in there. That way it actually brings the birds to (laughs) you. I'm sure it'll be outlawed the following year, but uh, no, I, the I dove just, call. yeah, yeah. Thumbs up on that product. It is, it is, it's literally been a dream come true for me. So I, it's been fantastic. Well, guys, I appreciate that. Um, it, I tell you, it, it was a tough product. I went through um, two different engineering firms as I began to, to develop that product. And, you know, they just, um, had other projects they had to get on, not that they couldn't help me finish it. You know, they pulled off of it to go other places, so I, I was continually, continuously having to get, go find another engineering firm to take my idea and, you know, basically bring it to life on paper, um, you know, before you could take it to the manufacturer and, and then begin to let them take a look at it. So, um Again, one of those things that was just so much needed in this industry mm-hmm. because older guys like myself getting older, you know, I 
like everybody else, we're taking so much gear out into the field. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. About about four years ago, you know, I had to walk about a quarter of a mile to get to my stand. Uh, everybody had already been put out on the trucks, and the guy basically um, just said, hey, you're just going to have to walk. And so, you know, you, you get your chair, you get your cooler, you get your shells, you get your blind. If you got an umbrella or whatever, keep the sun off of you, you get it. And, you know, it's just, you look like you're a walking hardware store going out yep. there and you got to stop a couple of times to get your breath and keep going. And then if you get set up and you decide you're not in the right place or you see birds that are moving, you know, out in the field that you need to get closer shots, you got to move again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I sat on that, it, this was one of those folding chairs that Scott that had the little pockets under the bottom that you put your shells in. Yep, yep that's what I used to use. Back, <laughs> yeah, it had a little backrest in it and oh after, you know, two hours, three hours of sitting on that thing, I just told myself, I said, when I get back to my office, I'm going to begin to design a chair that's on wheels so we can I love all it. enjoy that. I love and it. So again again a lot of a lot of your things that are developed by people you know, end up being out of necessity, and, and that is certainly one that was out of necessity. And so we begin to do it, and, of course, the first one you ever do is not exactly what you like, so we begin to refine it. And it, it took about probably six months to get it really where we wanted it. And my son just continued to aggravate me about putting pockets all over this thing. He said, Dad, you cannot have enough pockets on, on anything like this because people right. have got so many things this day and time between their cell phones, yep. their sunglasses, their dog whistle, their dog pan. I mean, it's just on and on and on, sunscreen, insect repellent. I mean, they've got everything that they need to put somewhere in a pocket so they can have it when they get out in the field. And, yeah, we put a cooler on it under the bottom of it you know it, it holds 18 cans without ice you know you're going to get about a good eight cans in there with some with a decent amount of ice in it it'll last you an afternoon yeah that's you know the the uh the back of it you as you know it'll hold uh eight boxes of 12 gauge or nine boxes of 20 gauge shells mm -hmm. and then you've got you know you two water bottle holders on each side and just all those pockets we talked about and and, you know, they'll hold dove. You can, they've got a separator between them, so you can put your dead birds in there, put your decoys in there. Made the chair swivel 360 degrees so you mm -hmm. could shoot without having to get up. Which is great. And then <laughs> we we put heavy three-inch insulation in that bottom seat, well, you know, basically so you could sit a long time in it mm -hmm. without feeling the uh, the plywood that's there in the bottom of the seat. And then we did a two-inch foam cushion in the back, to give you a, a lot of uh, support there for, for, you know, lower back problems or just mm. back problems in general. And it turned out to be just a fantastic uh, chair the first time we we really got the factory to manufacture them. Everything turned out perfect. And it's just been one of those products I've been very proud of. We were not going to change it very much. I mean, we, we did come back and we beefed up the two clips on the back just a little bit. We found that they needed to be just a hair thicker and uh, to give a little bit more substance to that back of the chair when you're moving it and, and pulling it back and forth to your stand location, you know, or whether it's hunting and 
you know, the good thing about that product is, guys, you know, it's not only for dove hunting. You can go to tailgating events right. with it with your favorite football team. You can take it to the to your daughter's soccer game or kid's soccer game and just anywhere that you need a chair and a cooler at the same time, whether it's camping or fishing or anything like that, you can, you know, use the Mac Daddy Caddy chair. Yep. Well, and the key is the wheels, right? I mean, where you can just yeah, uh, it roll is. it everywhere. <laughs> that, I mean, it has pretty great, good wheels on there that, you know, you can pretty much get wherever you need to go. Um, you, you know, you got, know what I, re- I really, go ahead. go ahead, Jamie. It had 10, it's got 10 inch air tires on it. And mm-hmm. we looked at putting solid tires on it, but it just made it too heavy. And right. you can purchase those in a secondary market for anybody that may be dealing with, like you guys in Texas, you got a lot of thorns out there with your mesquite trees and stuff like that and cactus. So right. if you are experiencing that you're having to, you know, air those tires up for a little leak for some reason, you can buy, um, I think, tractor supply handles them. I'm sure some other people do as well. You can just Google, you know, 10-inch um, solid tires um, and um, they'll give you several different options, and they're not that expensive. But we did notice that it really it made it you know heavier. It made it harder to pull. So mm-hmm. we just stayed with the air tires on it to to for convenience purposes more than anything else. Mm-hmm. You, well, you know the, the one thing I the one thing I really love about it, and you know we we I'll, I'll tell you, Jamie, we got many a jealous friends in fact i bet you a lot of them are going to be listening to this oh, yeah. in a couple of days and uh their 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 envy uh sweetens my coffee in the morning i, I love it but um it, it's i'll tell you what what i would again i really like about is that you know after the hunt we jimmy and i literally unload our chairs and we we can we stick them in an area we call the lodge. We do a lot. Of, it's kind of where we store all of our hunting gear. And we take the mm-hmm. cooler out. We 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 flip it on its side, and we store our gun. And then we're ready to go pick birds. You know, we don't have to do the unloading of all of this and all of that. And you know, our shell belts right there, and we can empty it out. It's just the, the convenience factor has been huge. And, and I'll tell you, um, again, talking about the convenience factor. You know, when we're 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 coming in hot from Dallas to the area that we hunt. You know, we pick the kids up at three after they get out of school, and we're we're flying. You know, we we don't have any time to load up, and and quite literally because of because of your device, because of the Mac Daddy Caddy, we've been able to grab the gun, throw water in the cooler. We're ready to rock and roll. Uh, so it, it is it has made a huge difference. Um, really well, enjoyed. And I'll say uh, anybody well, who's still sitting on a on a bucket. Oh, you know, I mean, you don't know what you're missing with the time, with the cushion. <laughs> time to upgrade. If you are a Texas dove hunter, or you're a dove hunter, period, but especially in Texas where, you know, I think statistically speaking, the Texans hunt a you know, majority of dove season and not just opening weekend. The days of sitting on a stool, a chair, or even a tailgate are over. Uh, it's time to upgrade, my friends, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is, that is exactly right. Um what what is I can't think of the the trade show that I just signed up for. Is it Bakersfield or um, oh I should have got the name of it. You know I I went to the San Antonio show. I've been to the Houston and the Fort Worth show, but there's another one that starts off first and it's down around San oh, Angelo. Is it Corpus or no it's, it's not no. Corpus. Oh. Um, mm. I can't there's think of the there's name the, the... But I, I'm gonna. 
be there. And they say that's a really big dove hunting, hunting area for South Texas. Okay. It is. It is. It is definitely. Yeah, I, I tell you, another one that you ought to think about is the Dallas Safari Show. Yes, sir. Yep, Dallas Safari Show is uh, you know, here in Dallas. Uh, obviously, Dallas Safari Club is a, a huge hunting organization that gets uh, has an outstanding attendance, I'm told. Right, right. Um, I'd like to get in there. I think that, that what I have seen is that uh, they've been sold out of booth space there for quite a while. I have oh, really? a really good friend of mine that, uh, that runs um, a plantation down here called Southwind Plantation, a big uh, five-star quail hunting plantation and uh and they've been trying to get in that show for a couple of years and it's been sold out but i I totally agree so i'll I'll look into that i appreciate that tidbit of of uh, a little tip on trying to get in that show Um, we are actually going back to the shot show for the first time if people don't know who that what that stands for it's the shooting hunting outdoor trade show it's the largest show in the nation for you know our industry right and i was able to um, I quit. I quit going back around 2010 um, to develop a lot of these new products because I, I was just basically showing the same thing over and over again every year. And then once I dropped out, it's been so hard to get back into that show uh, because it stays sold out. But we'll be back there this year for the first time, so we're looking for some really good things to happen with our company and getting back that caddy in front of a lot of dealer stores that sure. have never seen this product before mm-hmm. and, uh, because one of, the, one of the things we did get from a lot of people calling us from texas um, and surrounding states that are big dove hunting states such as georgia here in south carolina big dove hunting states um they couldn't find it anywhere they were asking us you know what dealers you know carry right. the product and and we were just very limited on who we had dealer wise that was carrying you know the product you pretty much had to catch us at a trade show or ordering online from us higginbotham brothers was one of the uh stores that was a chain of um like hardware stores that picked mm-hmm. the product up first there and they sold out of them pretty early and did not reorder them mm-hmm. so i'm hoping this year they'll come back and, and place another good order with me and get them back out there and you know one of the things you guys are going to like that's going to come out this year um we're putting a retractable canopy um, on the chair this year where you'll have shade on the oh, chair. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nice. And nice. Uh, and just a little more tidbit, and I know it's changing gears on that. We're also launching the first beach chair on wheels that'll be out this year for your for your enjoyment, pleasure, for your wives or kids huh. or whoever's going to the beach every year. All right. Outstanding. I love it. It's a, just a natural yeah, extension. Of, <laughs> that's great. It'll be it's gonna be pretty cool. We'll have those at the trade show too, because you know the ladies who are there, they need something to purchase as well. That's right, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Well, along, along those lines, uh, are there, is there any other products uh, in addition to that that you're uh, working on that uh, will be coming out soon that you might want to talk about? Or? Well, we, you know, we haven't talked much about my decoy products, yes. um, and, and you're talking about the things that you can do to get those uh, closer to your chair. Um, We're redesigning a product that I launched about six years ago called the Dove Feeding Frenzy. Um, We've had that product out for a little while. We had a motor problem with it. The first company I had do that out of China, because we don't make anything here, as you well know, so you got to get most of this stuff built over there. Sure. And 
the guys did not put the motor that I chose to go in that unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't there to really uh, watch the, you know, the quality, the Q&A that needed to be done. So they basically, to save themselves money and put some money in their pocket, they put a, a cheaper motor in it. And we, you know, just experienced some problems where after a little while the gears would strip on that motor and, you know, you'd need to, you know, get another one. And, and of course, what we did as a company and you'll find this about Hunter's Edge, I replaced probably um, half of what I sold that year with new units that we re- rebuilt the motors in. Oh, man. And, it, you know, it cost my company a lot of money to do that, but yeah. that's, what, that, that's who we are as far as customer service. Mm-hmm. The customer comes, you know, he's number one. We'll do everything we can to make you guys happy out there. If you buy a Hunter's Edge product and are not happy, just call us. I mean, you know, you don't have to take it back to the store you purchased us from. Call us direct and let's figure out what the problem is and, and see if we can't work through it and get you something that you'll be happy with. And, you know, we did that. And, and mm-hmm. it cost us a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of anguish. Um, we were in Cabela's and Bass Pro with that product and we got a lot of bad reviews with people who just were not kind enough to pick the phone up and say, look, I'm having a problem. Can you help me? Right. Sure. But those people who did, we took very good care of them. And now we're redesigning that product, and it's going to be super, super good that you'll have an adjustment on it where you can basically adjust the bumping, jumping motion yourself to make it, you know, bump and jump really high um, to make it look like doves feeding on the ground, and that's what it does. It turns in a circular motion, and right. and if you've ever seen dove feeding, you you know that they kind of jump around, <laughs> they flap their wings, and they run each other around. Well, that's what the dove feeding frenzy mimics. So okay. we're pretty excited to get that back out. Now that won't be available in the, in the new form until 2020, um, because I just can't do it all at one time. And we're, mm-hmm. we've got huge dove orders that'll be coming out this year. We're bringing out a new two-pack on our winged dove decoy. We developed the first dove decoy that has photographic wings on it. We, we've got a patent pending on it, and I'm pretty sure that patent's going to issue here sometime this coming year. And that's been a just a wonderful product for us. Um, it comes with a 22 and a 48-inch stake. So if you don't have a bush or a fence or anything to put it on, you can take it and stake it out in front of you. And sure. it doesn't take but a, like a one-mile-an-hour wind to make the wings move on the winged dove decoy. And they're so lifelike. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the dove will just uh, pivot on that stake into the wind, whichever direction it's going, and the wings will flap. I know if you go to my website, you can go there and, and click on a video, mm-hmm. and I show you uh, where I've got a couple of dove decoys that that <clears throat> – or without wings on a, a barbed wire fence, and then I put a couple of the winged dove decoys there beside them, and it's just day and night the difference in the way those birds look when you've got those plastic wings flapping in the wind. Well, I and I, I have to agree with you. So I have the dove feeding frenzy. Uh, my my yes. father bought it at uh, I probably at Cabela's if I had to guess, and <laughs> we absolutely love it. Uh, and, and you're right. It was funny that one of the first things I noticed were those wings and how realistic they were. 
Um, and, and it's really funny. You know, when I dove hunt, I, I, I literally give it my all. Um, I mean, actually too much. In fact, I, I probably need to be checked out because it's just kind of, it's kind of a sickness. But a little um, addicted, yeah, you know, big, big time. But it was funny. I, I, I'm, I'm not lying. There were multiple times. It, I used it this year too, uh, that I would look back and it, it would take me off guard. I mean, it would catch me off guard. So oh, there's no, that's that's not a bird. That's, those, that's those <laughs> extremely realistic decoys. Uh, yeah, but that's I, I'd have to try out the uh, the the air powered one. I, I have not seen that. Let's check that out for this year. Well, let me tell you, you know, when a guy calls you up and, and he tells you that he needs to order some more dove decoys because he shot his, that, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good testimony of how <laughs> realistic they are. And, right. and to add to that is that we, we actually paint those bodies with seven different colors. So no it really looks and picks up the iridescent colors. Sure. You hold a dove up and you look at the base of his neck and you, just kind of twist him and turn him in the sunlight, you'll see those iridescent colors. And sure. so we actually, you know, those are all hand-painted um, with those uh, iridescent colors on them. And you you just put that wing um, that moves with a one-mile-an-hour wind on the back of that thing, and the realism is just incredible in it. And, and that's what's really separated, you know, this decoy uh, from some of my competition out there. And, and uh they're just they're so easy to put up to take down, take the wings off, or either just clip them underneath the bottom clip, and you know you're ready to go next year wherever you put them up, and you know in your storage place they'll be right there. And you know we sell replacement wings for those which the dogs chew up because we get that all the time. That <laughs> these guys dogs run out there and grab the hold of dove feeding frenzy and then just chewed up the decoys wings before they could get to them. <laughs> so we 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 uh we ship out a lot of extra wings a lot of the times you know when the guys you know get ready to uh, to go dove hunting they they forgot that their dog <laughs> ate up the wing. God, that that is funny. I, I'm surprised my dog hadn't done that. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. So we we've, we've done that product. We're coming out with a uh, we did a three pack last year. So now we have it in a a single pack um, with steak, and then it goes to a two pack. Um, without stake and then a three and a four pack without stake um then you've got the 48 inch and the 22 inch stake pack so we've pretty much got everybody covered as far as you know what they need to use within their the decoys um along with the dove feeding frenzy and speaking of that the dove feeding frenzy also uh, it comes in two different um, units you have one that's a regular you just turn it on and, and it's just constantly bumping and jumping and then you go to the remote control unit where you can control it. And what we've seen with that is that it seems like the remote control unit works better because it's not setting and running all the time. So when you see a dove come into the field or you pick him up somewhere in your eyesight, if you turn it on right then, they seem to catch that movement at the same time and they're, they're drawn to it. And that's why, you know, that's why your buddies are mad at you because you're pulling dove off of them over to you when they see that motion <laughs> stick in the place. You know, I, I had never thought about that, but that's got that, that is an, that is a great point. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, it's like my shopping list just got a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and we we took this information from dove hunters. I mean, because the original version 
we didn't we didn't put a remote control unit on it and right we just can we had some guys call us in after they bought it that first year and you know these geniuses that know how to work in that type of stuff they were going out in the secondary market and, and <laughs> buying these keyless remotes and they were sure. you know basically you know opening up the unit and rewiring it right and making the, making the unit where they could turn it on and off and they started calling in our office and you know and letting us know said hey you may want to think about this. You may want to think about putting a remote on it because it seems to be working a lot better for us to trigger that unit, you know, when we do sure. the birds instead of letting it run all the time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it, it is a great idea. Outstanding. Yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we, we're real proud of that product too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we want to be uh, respectful of your time. So, uh, is there anything else you'd uh, like to talk about, uh, product-wise, or anything like that? Uh, I know you still had. Yeah. We didn't talk about uh, your calls at all, and I'll tell you, I'm a turkey hunting's my favorite. And I saw that you have that uh, hen, uh, hen call box call. Um, yes, yes, we have we have the BA hen box call. Um, that actually is off of one of the uh, the models that we had at Eddie Salter calls. Okay. Um, and Eddie went out. His business um, was bought out, I think, in 1990 or 91, and that's when I formed my first company um, and then continued on into the industry by myself. And so I loved that call and loved the, the shape of it and the sound of it. So uh, I went to the same guy who, who made them for us and was able to uh, get that call made. And, you know, it's a two-sided call, so you're going to get raspy on one side and what you call clear on the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just work whichever one the turkeys seem to be responding to the best. And you just, no matter where you go, you can't beat a, a good box call. Um, we're, we've also, you know, got a line of mouth calls. And I think we took them off of our website this past year because we were, we have just not put as much into our turkey line as what we need to because we were developing so many other products into the dove hunting industry and the deer hunting industry, and there's only so much money and time to go around. So we, we've got some great ideas to come back into the turkey market. So look for that, but it probably won't be until, you know, 2022 or so, somewhere in there before we really want to jump back in and start doing things there. I, I tell you, I do want to touch on one thing that's yep. very critical in our part of the country. I don't know how it's, it's been or what the laws are going on in Texas right now, but um, Alabama um, just announced a few months ago that they are not going to be selling deer urine anymore oh. in their state in the, in the upcoming season. I know Mississippi is already like that. You can't sell deer urine you know, in Mississippi. And there's several more states up the eastern coast that you can't do it in. So I think there's about seven or eight total states now that have banned deer urine because of CWD, which is chronic wasting disease. Yeah. And so they're they're really watching this real heavy. The states are. Um, they've had some outbreaks in a in a, in a, of course a lot of the midwestern states that right. cost the, those states a, a big amount of their deer herd, and which that relates to you know, the income that comes in um, in hunting uh, license sales that funds your DNRs for everything that they do um, out there for us as hunters. So, you know, we all need to be respective of what's going on there. It's going to cost my company sales, no doubt. 
mm-hmm. um, and a lot right. of other companies out there that sure. we're not able to you know sell our deer urine products in those states. But you know we've all kind of moved into formulating um, the synthetic products. Um, I will tell you that one of the products we have, we go all the way back to 1989, and I haven't been able to get the right information, we may have been the first company to ever do a synthetic deer lure or deer scent back in 89. I've got to do some research on that to see if we we can claim that because, you know, nobody was talking too much about a synthetic lure back in those days. Sure. You know, everything was was natural. Pink 69 was about, you know, on fire as it could be, and they still sell quite a bit of that, but... You know, companies like myself continually eat away at that market every year, and we've got a huge following of our deer urine products that we sell. But we we manufacture a product called Max 44 Dough and Heat Pellets, and it's just an amazing product that you put into a scrape, an existing cra- a scrape, or either you make a mock scrape yourself and put it in it. And what we found, Remember, this thing's been out since 1989, so, uh-huh. you know, uh, what would that next year is going to be 30 years, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that right? 30 years, yes. Yep. 30 years. So, I mean, what a testimony to a product that the deer have been smelling for that long. And sure. We, we can tell you by, by no uncertainty of, of imagination that that product does not spook deer. Deer are attracted to it. They tend to not scrape in the same scrape once you put it in it, but they will go to the side of it and make their own scrape. And we believe they do that because the scent is so powerful that the deer themselves cannot distinguish between the Max 44 scent and their scent, or at least they want their scent to smell, you know, um, a lot louder, so they move over and make their own scrape. Huh. And we just seen that time and time and time again every time that we use that product in the field. And, you know, we get amazing results and from people that call us in and write us and and uh, text us and email us about these Max 44 dough and heat pellets. And so that is something to put in the back of your head. If, if you're, you know, hearing this and you're in a state that's going to have to go to synthetic beer urine, then you certainly want to give that product a try. And Mm -hmm. the next one I would say, we touched on it just a little bit, um, was called the Deer Here product, and that was Mm -hmm. that supercharged version of our oak cover scent. And it's, it's, you know, what we call a deer attractant. And for the first time ever this year, I was able to witness the largest buck that I'd not only seen myself in person, but I was able to harvest him, and if you go on my website, oh, wow. you will see him. But I put it on the opening page of my website. Um, well, not on my website, but on Facebook, on the Hunter's Edge Facebook. I still have to put it up on my website. Okay. But I shot a 187 Ooh. this year up in northeastern Missouri, and it's the first buck I've ever had that big that came out licking everything that I had sprayed it on. Wow. Because I had Very cool. I had left I had left the stand in the middle of the day and transitioned down into a bottleneck area. And every time that I go over a deer trail when I cross it, I will take my deer here product and I will trigger spray it. 
and I will spray the grass, the limbs, the leaves, the bushes, any, anything that that trigger sprayer will reach, which is about an eight-foot area, I spray it. So I cross over that trail, and that's where the doe and yearling came out, and this doe obviously was in full rut, and he came out behind her, grunting behind her, and I shot him at 45 steps behind that doe, but he was licking on everything that I had sprayed that deer here product on. Wow. And awesome. so that's just, to me, an amazing testimony to have that big a buck, right. you know, lick my product and not be scared of it, that it didn't, it did not alert him. We knew that it would do it with those and two and three year old deer, but had no idea it would do it with a four or five year old buck that should be a very, very seasoned buck that, that, uh, doesn't really put up with a lot of extra scent, no matter mm-hmm. whose scent it is. Well, I'm I'm looking at him right here, and boy, that that is a dandy. <laughs> Holy cow! Yes, sir. That I'm I'm so proud of that. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think I didn't, I had no idea what I would do this year because I went back hunting in an area up there that I had harvested a 168 and a 176 over the last five years. Mm-hmm. And to me, I've got to shoot something over a 176, and I just didn't know if it would ever happen. I mean, you're talking serious, serious sure. deer. I mean, sure. Um, and not to say that I'm any better hunter than anybody else. I've just been, like my son tells me, he said, Dad, you are the luckiest guy <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I know and a I few of them, too. <laughs> yeah. I would rather be lucky than good. Uh, right. Absolutely. And just very, very blessed. I mean, God has just blessed me with not only to be able to to hunt, but be able to read sign and, and be able to take advantage of some hunting situations where I know possibly where the deer should be, not like that they're always there, but I just try to do my homework. I try to stay as scent-free as I can. And then I'm using the products that we developed at Hunter's Edge over the years to help, you know, get me a step closer to, to harvesting something like that. And, and Lord have mercy, I've, I've really got my job cut out for me now to get something right. over a 187. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be it, fun trying, guys. I guarantee you that. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that book, that's the ultimate affirmation of the effectiveness of your product. That's really, <laughs> really cool, really cool. Would you mind it, if you know, we... It's really uh, hard for me to promote it. it you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very humble guy when it comes to that. I, I would prefer to have, just like you guys have told me tonight, that you love the Mac Daddy Caddy because yep. of the features and what it has allowed you guys to do, The you know, comfort, Comfort, convenience, and mobility, those are the three things that that, that chair has allowed you guys to do. And I I just, I'm not one of those guys that really pat myself on the back too much when it comes to, you know, being successful in the field. I would rather see you guys do it all day long than me, the owner of the company, that is, you know, promoting a product that I sell. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't hold the same merit to me as, as an individual consumer that's out there having success with it right sure right would you mind if we uh put the picture of you and that deer on our podcast page so people can see it no not at all all right not at all if you can pull it off of there do it if you need to send it to you just let me know okay great great uh is there anything else you wanted to to uh 
talk about? Yeah, I think or... we pretty much covered okay. Hunter's Edge. I mean, <laughs> great. It's, uh, <laughs> That's like great. Said, it, it's, it's been an, uh, it's an amazing journey. We are continuing to to uh, to develop new products. I can't talk too much about you know some of the other stuff that we're doing right now, but. You know, all I all I can tell anybody that's listening out there is that, you know, we just want to let you know that we we stand by our products 100%. And if you're having any problems or issues with anything that we sell at Hunter's Edge, give us a call. We you know we want to know. We want to make sure that we make anything that's uh, damaged or not working properly, you know, correct. And if you're having scent problems and deer are smelling you or for some reason, we want to talk to you about your setup and what's going on because. You know, we we are not in the business to be producing stuff that's going to, you know, get you winded or get you busted out there. We produce products that help you, you know, have success in the field. And that's why our tagline is outwit the game you hunt. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to have you back uh, whenever you launch new products in the future. And so you can, uh, you know, we could talk to you about those if you'd be up for that. Yep, you know, you only give me uh, a couple of years because it's yeah, right. <laughs> well. We'll Remember, talk to you we, more than... we have to test them. <laughs> right, you right. Know, we test those products religiously before we bring them out into the marketplace. So it takes a few years to, to get that done. So, you know, we'll continue to do what we're doing with our line right now. We're, we're very proud of it and good to be back into the SHOT Show this coming year. We'll be also at the ATA Show the 1st of January, SHOT Show the last of January. And uh, just excited to get back into some of the consumer trade shows back in Texas with the Mac Daddy Caddy and the Dove products and continue just to try to be a leader in this industry. All right, great. Well, we'll have you back then before the next product for sure because just to talk to you again okay. and yeah, uh, catch All up. Right. So, but your website is uh, hunters-edge.com. Uh, would you like to give out any other, uh, uh, like Instagram, I guess, do you have that or your Facebook page? You know, we don't do a really good job with our Instagram okay. or our Twitter page, but Facebook, you can just find it under Hunter's Edge. There's a couple of different companies' names that's there, but you'll see our products. It'll talk about the uh, the Hunter's Edge brand of uh, products. And I think there's a tree stand company, a binocular company that's under that same Hunter's Edge. I think there's even a, a horse stable or something that's under that <laughs> name. But we, we usually come up pretty pretty high in the searches whenever you put us in a search engine somewhere enough that we we get a lot of people taking views uh, on our pages. All right. Well, if folks just type in hunters-edge.com, that's hunters-edge.com, you'll go straight to your website, and they can see all that of the correct. awesome product, products you have there. Uh, and they can buy them through your, through your website, right? Is that correct? They can. They surely can. Okay. They can buy them. Uh, most of our products are offered there, and... You know, we're beginning to get out, of course, into the Amazon and Walmart.com uh, markets as well. And, and uh, you know, there's other dealer stores that are beginning to pick us up that have their own website. So, you know, just find us wherever you like to shop. And, you know, a lot of times it's at the, your better sporting goods stores. Okay, great. Uh, well, folks, check out Hunter's Edge over at hunters-edge.com for innovative hunting scents and accessories such as decoys and, of course, uh, the Mac Daddy Caddy that we talked about uh, and, and all the other products that we talked about on this episode. And uh, thank you very much, sir, for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's been wonderful to talk to you tonight, and uh, I hope that the listening audience uh, got something out of the conversation and uh, I feel, feel good about what we talked about tonight, and I really do. Um, expect you guys to call me back in, in another year or so here and let's do it again. All right.
Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Y'all come to see me at the trade shows. Okay, will do. Thank you. Okay, have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Jamie Bulger, uh, the president and CEO of Hunter's Edge. Uh, again, you can go and find his products over at hunters-edge.com, uh, where we, you can find all the products we talked about, great stuff that really help you out in the field. Uh, any, you have anything else to add, uh, Richard, before we sign off tonight? You know, that was that was real enjoyable. I mean, you talk about a, talk about a guy who is just absolutely passionate about what he does. Uh, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, I, I think he's a great example of, you know, somebody who probably, you know, we, we didn't get any of the, the fine details, but, you know, he, he probably risked it all to, to go out there and to follow his passion and, and look at him. You know, the guy probably wakes up with a smile on his face. Uh, and um, that's just, I think that's a lesson to all of us. I, I, I really do, you know, to, to follow your dream. Uh, also something that I just am, am extremely impressed about, which is something you, you hear a lot about this day and age, but uh, I'm not sure that it's really happening a lot, is, you know, integrity, you know, and, and truly wanting, you know, to help out your customer, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's not like, you know, these these scents are, you know, like a, a, a Maserati, you know. Right. You know, the, these scents, I'm not, I'm not sure how much they cost, but... You know, if you know what Jamie was saying, if there's an issue, if there's something going on, you know, they want to help you with them, yep. you know, regardless of the fact that you right. maybe you spent ten dollars or, or whatever. You, you right. just don't see that. Uh, well, this and your and feedback it would help them, you know, just to further refine it. You know, no doubt, refine the product. So. Absolutely, and that probably, that goes really probably for any manufacturer out there. You know, rather than, you know, like he mentioned, some people with the uh, with the the Dove Frenzy uh, just. Unfortunately, you resorted to uh, negative reviews rather than just right. give, them, give them a call. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and say, Absolutely. hey, you know, I got a problem with this. And, you know, that's, that's awesome that, you know, they stand behind their product. No and, doubt. Uh, we'll, we'll make it right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, again, uh, unfortunately, I think that's just, that's really rare. So, uh, but that was a lot of fun. A lot yeah, of, it was. Great to talk to uh, somebody who's a leader in this industry. That was, Absolutely. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I would just say, uh, you know, anyone else listening out there, you got a product or you have a, something you'd want to want to talk about to promote, uh, some invention that you have or some gear that uh, you know you'd love to discuss with us. We'd love to hear all about it. Uh, so shoot us an email at uh, howdy at feedbandit.com, or you can go to uh, our website feedbandit.com/promote. And there's a forum there that you could just send us a message there, and we'd love to we'd love to talk to you about uh, what your product is, or if you have a service, you're an outfitter, or or what or what other any service you know uh, helping the hunting community. Just give us a shout, uh, and we'd love to talk to you. Uh, that's about it. Uh, that was fun. All right. Uh, well, you guys out there, uh, have a good uh, day, evening, whenever you're listening. Good trip to your ranch, yep. and uh, we will. See you on the next one. Uh, Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you want to find new and innovative hunting gear and service providers not typically offered through the traditional big box hunting stores, come on over and join the hunt at feedbandit.com slash join. When you join, as a bonus, you'll get our entertaining free e-guide of unique hunting tips and tricks.
And a reminder to all you small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the Feed Bandit Podcast, please let us know. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Go to feedbandit.com slash promote. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it would really help us out. Go to feedbandit.com slash iTunes. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, please remember to support your local feed store.